Sisters and brothers in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Now, don't you all wish you could be that cute? Man, they can hit that cute button and just, wow. I don't think I was ever really that cute, I'm just going to say. Well, we have two people praying this week in, in uh, the gospel reading. We have two people praying. Jesus is telling a parable. And he's telling a parable in such a way that he, it was going to be exactly what parables were supposed to be. They were supposed to be a punch in the gut. And clearly, knowing his crowd, because it tells us who he's speaking to, and the point of the parable, I think he got, I think he got what he was wanting. He's punching people in the gut. And if you're not hearing that, you're not paying attention to what is happening in this prayer. We have some gifts that come along with this text. We have some actual prayers from the first century that, that were written down by Pharisees as they, in fact, went to the temple to pray. It sounds much like this one, only worse. We have prayers from the first century that male Pharisees would pray, and they're fairly pejorative toward any number of groups of people. Because the Pharisee would come and say, Dear Lord, I give thanks that you did not create me, first of all, as a woman or as an uneducated man or as a sinner. Wow. So here he comes. He is self-righteous, right? Because the issue within the Pharisees, they truly believed that they could be righteous, a.k.a. they could do God's law right. And that's what he's saying. I'm doing actually more than what the law requires. I'm doing more than what God demands in the law, which clearly I've studied. I'm, tithing, I'm fasting twice a week, not just once. That was what the law required. I'm tithing. I'm tithing all of my income, not just the net. So I'm doing more than what is required. I'm righteous. I'm doing God's law correctly. Therefore, here's my prayer. I'm really glad I'm not that guy. I'm glad I'm not those people. I'm glad I'm not a sinner. I'm glad I'm not one who cannot fulfill God's law. I've got it made. And then we have the other man, the tax collector. And if you've heard me preach over the last summer, we've had tax collectors all throughout this summer. And they were as far out as you could get within the community. The only real emotional equivalent that we would have in our day and age, because they were not the IRS agent of our day, they would be far more akin to a, a dope dealer or a, a pimp. These were not nice people. The only way they got paid, the only way they made a living was to cheat their neighbors. They had to pay the tax up front to the Romans, and the only way you got your money back was to overcharge what your neighbors actually owned. 
because you wanted to receive your own money back, but you had to make a living, right? So you had to overcharge. And furthermore, you were working for the hated enemy. You couldn't get any further out. And yet, as you've heard throughout this summer, Jesus is eating with both of them. He's eating at the homes of Pharisees, and he's eating at the homes of tax collectors. But now in this story, this parable being told to whom? Remember, Pharisees. Here's the one. And he's not really doing a, a classic what you and I would think about confessing, about repenting. He doesn't even have that. He's not promising to be a, a fairer tax collector. All he's what asking for is mercy. That's it. That's all he's got. Just mercy. And then Jesus tells them, he's the one who went home justified. He's the one, not the Pharisee. So when we hear this, how do we, how do we want to play it? I don't know that I want to be the tax collector. I don't want to be that guy. But as I look at my own life, it's a pretty easy walk sometimes for me to end up sounding a whole lot like a Pharisee. I like being Lutheran. I really like being Lutheran. I think our theology is correct. I think we understand the good news of Jesus Christ correctly. I've taught, I've been adjunct faculty for SDSU and for Capital University before it got bought. I've taught world religion. I've spent a great deal of time talking with people who practice different faiths than I do. I think I have a pretty good understanding of Buddhism and Hindu and, and Judaism. I think I have a pretty good handle on what it means to be Roman Catholic or to be Orthodox. I think I understand at least the major ones, and, and I'm telling you, I like being Lutheran because I think we get it right. Not that they have it wrong, but I think we get it right. And it's pretty doggone easy for me to finally get to a point where I'm thinking it's my own brilliance, of course my understanding, my getting it correctly, my perfect proclamation of the good news. That's what's doing it. And it's a really short walk for me to becoming self-righteous. That somehow in all of my wonder, wonderfulness, I'm getting it correct. And it's getting it correct that makes all the difference then, right? Well, not according to this parable. Because what? What's wrong with the Pharisee? Because what's wrong with me is that finally we're going to get it wrong. We might, in fact, be wrong. We might not get it correct. We might not fulfill all of righteousness. And then where are we? Well, then we're in trouble. Because if it's been all me, then if it can't be me, then where are we at? Well, then I'm with those people. I'm with those people. In my life as a pastor, I've seen two kinds of Pharisees. 
people that are both self-righteous and those that are not righteous enough but think they should be and ought to be and more importantly, have to be self-righteous before God can love them. The absolute worst sound I've ever heard from a male human being was on the third floor of a hospital. We'd had a person from our congregation who was dying. I knew him, I knew the family very well, and I'd gotten the phone call at about 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'd gotten dressed and headed down to the hospital. But as I was riding up in the elevator, I could hear a man screaming. And as the doors opened, that was my greeting, was just this breathtakingly awful sound coming from a hospital room. And here was the charge nurse in charge of this floor and also a member of the congregation that I was working at serving, and she had stepped out to greet me. And I'm obviously asking with my face what is going on. And she said, we've got a, another man dying here. And he's convinced that he has not done enough, he has not been sufficiently righteous, and that he needs more time. And that only if he can just get a little more of time, that he can finally make God love him. And as I watched his pastor step out of the room, I walked into the room of the man that was dying to be greeted by his family. And as we sat, we held hands, we said prayer. And here was a man who knew that he had received mercy. He knew, and that it had not come at his own bidding. It had not come because of something that he had done. Here was a man dying comfortably in Jesus' arms because that's how he'd lived his life. He was not a perfect man by any stretch of the imagination. He had been a sinner of sometimes great purport. But on that night, at that moment, he knew who he belonged to and who he was. He was, in fact, just like St. Paul, able to say those words. Now I am being poured out as a libation, but I have run the race, I have kept the faith, and I know who I belong to. It was one of those moments for me as a pastor that here's, this, here's the two people. Here's the two people in this text, one thinking they had, they had to earn their righteousness, they had to earn their justification, and one who just knew they needed mercy. It was one of those moments when you're just, you, you can see life right there. And so for how I want to live my life, I want to live in that place where I'm fully aware that I'm a sinner that I'm not earning my salvation because of my intellect or my proclamation or by what I know or what I believe, but that it's just a gift. So on this Sunday morning, I need for you to hear that mercy is for you, that justification is for you, not that you're going to earn it or deserve it, but that it's just a gift for you. So God's blessings as you receive the gift as you live your life, as you share the good news. Amen.